of Acts, and I'm going to let you have a seat right where you're at, uh, the book of Acts, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for this day. Uh, although it was not on our calendar as far as the events of the last 24 hours, it definitely was on yours. God, because of that, you uh, tell us your grace is sufficient. Um, you've given us a footprint uh, to your throne through Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we come to you now, not on our own merit, not on our own righteousness, but we come because we're part of your sonship, all because of your begotten son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I thank you for all that you've done. Bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Two things before we read the text. First of all, do be in prayer for Mrs. Hitt. Uh, we had to change the time going to the funeral home uh, to Tuesday morning, uh, but as soon as we know something, we will uh, definitely let you know exactly what is going on. If you need to or want to uh, send something, uh, please, you can send it to the church office and we'll make sure that we have it. Uh, we will tomorrow or Tuesday, Tuesday morning, let's make it Tuesday morning, there'll be a giving portal on the website that will reflect... Uh, Richard Hitt, and then if you would like to give a gift to the family, please do so, or even on the tithing envelope, you can designate the other and put in the giving station on your way out. That way, if you want to be a blessing, uh, then I know it would be very, very much um, appreciative, uh, but I will let you know exactly what is going on. I want to say one more thing. Uh, kudos to every parent in this auditorium that for the past months, uh, you've been sitting with your children, and uh, you have wore out the carpet, getting them up, taking them out, bringing them back in, taking them out, bringing them back in, and uh, we found a couple of babies duct taped to a wall uh, in a couple of the rooms, uh, but uh, praise the Lord, and how many would admit our children have done a fabulous job uh, with sitting in this auditorium and making enough noise to irritate you, keep you awake, and keep you going in life, amen? Uh, but I, I have, uh, as your pastor, I've not been bothered one bit, uh, and so, but, but I do want to thank you for that. Nursery's open back up Wednesday night, uh, so I I am excited about that uh, for you parents, and uh, so bring your pillow. Uh, you're going to take a nap while the church babysits your kids. Acts, if you will, and uh, Acts 18, um, I, the last uh, six months, if what I'm about to say sounds just a tad familiar uh, to some of you, it is because it has been a conversation that we have had in private. Um, because I just been uh, really researching throughout the New Testament. I knew Tuesday night, although I was fighting it, I knew Tuesday night this was the message that needed to be brought tonight. Uh, so Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man... Acts 18.25, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, get ready, I'm going to ask you to read it with me, taught diligently the things of the Lord, ready, begin, knowing only the baptism of John. Now that, that's very important for tonight's text, knowing only, uh, for tonight's sermon, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them 
and uh, unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was deposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Now this in and of itself is very interesting, uh, that um, the way explained more perfectly resulted in knowing the Bible to the point that he could convince the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Anytime that the Bible unfolds in your mind and in your heart, you will come to this conclusion once again. Jesus is Christ. I love that. I love that. Chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that... While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost, which a Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, this is interesting, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, finish it please, unto John's baptism. So now this is the second time that we have found people that were ignorant, without information, and that all of a sudden the only thing they knew was up to the baptism of John. Look at verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Very interesting that repentance is defined in this one verse. Would you look at it again? The baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they, what, should believe. I love it. Look at verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about 12. When you back up here, you're going to find out that in two references here, you have one Apollos, and then you have two, the certain disciples, and then all of a sudden, they were asked, um, you only know to this point what is going on. And they said, well, We only know the baptism of John. There were certain people that they had not heard. For whatever reason, you and I sit here, and this is unfathomable to us. Because if something happens across the sea, across the pond, as they say to to our Brit family, across the pond, we hear about it right away. In fact, some of you right now are keeping up with what's going on in the NFL right now, and I appreciate that. So so, so there, there is this instant information. So for us, it's unfathomable for something to happen of a major proportion, like a man dying, crucifixion, and people not knowing what's going on. Well, understand that there were a segment of believers that they were still waiting for the Messiah to come. And so they were preaching this baptism of John. Hey, hey, listen up, Apollos being one of them. Hey, listen, there's coming one someday that's going to, whose shoes? He's going to be the Messiah. He's coming one day. And then finally, Aquila and Priscilla are sitting here going, hey, can we talk to you? 
where have you been? Have you like been living under a rock? And an apostle was like, what are you talking about? And it was like, no, he's already come. And that's why you find there that he goes, oh, wow. And now all of a sudden, he was given information that now he is like convincing the Jews that Jesus is Christ. What an eye-opener. What an eye-opener. Then you have the certain disciples, the same thing was taking place. I have a fear as, as pastor, just as a preacher. Can you back off the mains just a touch if you don't mind? I have a fear as pastor that we are only living in the realm of God the Father and God the Son, but we are not living in the realm of God the Holy Ghost. I would say, myself included, that 365 days of the year that we live, we only live in the realm of God the Father, God the Son, but not God the Holy Ghost. I believe we're living in a polis life. I believe we're living those certain disciples' life that, yes, there is a Messiah. And you're going to find out that when we look at this, we truly can think in our mind that the Godhead has been watered down the more we go from the Father to the Son to the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. It's not God the Father, uno, God the Son, dos, God the Holy Ghost, tres. Did I just speak in tongues? God help me. All right, so I did, didn't I? And... Uh, uh, so so we, that's how we think. We think they're stair-stepped this way. My friend, it is God the Father, one. It is God the Son, one. It is God the Holy Ghost, one. Yes. It, it is not a third less each time you go down. In fact, I've used the illustration before, and I am going to use it again. And, and Dave, can I use you and Ben and Luke, if you guys don't mind coming and uh, standing right up here? Quickly, just stand right here. There you go. And just kind of line up single file, facing me, facing me. In eternity, in the beginning, God, Elohim, which means plurality of God. In the beginning, the Trinity existed. That's why it says in your King James Bible, let us make man. Let us make man. And the Trinity did not start at creation. The Trinity existed long before creation ever happened. In fact, you're going to find out that this us has always existed, this trio, yet solo. I don't know how to explain it. Nobody can ever explain it. All we can do is by faith accept it, that God is triune. There is this God that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I just praise God that it worked in my life, and I'm going to tell you what, I am excited every time I hear a sermon like this because I'm sitting here soaking up. I want to know what the Scriptures say, so understand that God, back all the way up over there, if you don't mind, just back all the way up, like y'all getting married. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when we're, whenever we practice for the rehearsal uh, coming out is I lead. And so here's usually how this works. I lead, and the guy right after me is the groom. Oh, that's you. And uh, so, so, so here it is, the us the Elohim, the plurality of gods, they're starting to come onto the scene. They create. 
They create this world. Then all of a sudden at Bethlehem, Ben, I want you to just go down. You're not Ben. All right, okay. You're nervous, aren't you? Hang on, okay. And Ben, go all the way down, and then I want you to stay with them as they walk across, all right? Just walk across. So here it is, 33 and a half years. The Trinity now is still moving through. Crucifixion, and now stop. This ascension takes place, and God the Holy Ghost changes places, y'all pass, with God the Son, and now it picks right back up, and now it keeps marching on. Listen, there was a day God switched place with God, and all of a sudden, you and I are not left without someone. The problem, oh yeah, y'all just keep going, running that wall. Y'all can have a seat. The problem is this, we only live on the side of salvation, and we only live on the side of God the Father and God the Son. Listen, there is the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. But we live such a circular life of repentance rather than a singular life of victory. The Holy Spirit is put there, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The Holy Spirit is there so that you might be born again. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, capital S, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of Spirit, capital S, is Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. God the Father is totally righteous. God the Father it declares us just justified because of God the Son. God the Son satisfied the righteousness of God the Father through sacrificing himself on an old rugged cross and taking his shed blood and making atonement for you and I so that we might have our sins forgiven, not with the blood of goats and not with the blood of calves, but with the blood of the only begotten Son of the Father. Then God the Holy Ghost seals us who trust him. So understand that this Holy Spirit is the one that brings to life the dead one in you the moment you trust Christ. Then we are secured by the Holy Spirit. So there is this, I am born again of the Spirit. Now I am sealed, Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Ephesians 1.13 and 14, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Don't you love that? Living inside of you, teenager, living inside of you, adult, living inside of you is God. And God is not going to spend eternity without God. And one day when you die or the trumpet sounds, inside of you is the earnest. Inside of you is the down payment. Inside of you is the almighty. Inside of you is the Holy Ghost of God. And the same Holy Ghost that brought back Christ from the dead is the same Holy Ghost that will take you to heaven. Don't you love that? We're not only born again by him, we are not only secured by him, but John 14, 26 tells us that the Holy Ghost now teaches us. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. 
You know what the Holy Ghost is doing? The Holy Ghost on the inside of you right now has not only brought you to life, he has secured you, but he also now is reminding you. He's bringing to remembrance. Do you know why a believer has guilt? Do you know why a believer feels like, oh, I'm a failure? It's because you and I would not have known sin except it been by the law. Listen to this. You and I would not have felt bad about our failings except on the inside the Holy Ghost is going, you know you shouldn't be doing that. You know what he's doing? He's, he's making you recall everything. Y'all have heard enough Bible. Would you not agree? Y'all have heard enough Bible that you know exactly what you need to do. I have heard enough Bible. Let's face it, by the time you got old enough to be a teenager, you weren't shocked at anything your mom and dad told you to do. They're just what? Reminding what they've told you for years. And the biggest fight that takes, I love it right now, parents are looking at their children and go, you listen to that preacher up there. And the biggest problem is not that you don't know what to do. The fight comes when we are not mature enough to do what we know we should do. And then Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons, the children of God. So there is this Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. Would you go to Hebrews chapter six and verse number one? And kind of like there, Hebrews chapter six, verse number one. But it's a sad day when the average believer is okay with just being saved. Did you hear that? I'm okay with just being saved. Hebrews chapter six and verse number one. I love these verses. Therefore, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, back up to chapter five. Why is it therefore? Look at it. Of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. So it's not that the things of God cannot be understood. It is that the immaturity of the believer cannot accept the things being said. And here is why. Because in chapter 6, verse 1, therefore leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Listen to this. All of a sudden, he's saying that, that that's what we want to do. We, we don't want to keep going in this circle. Look at verse number four. For it is what, please? Impossible. For those who were once enlightened have tasted the heavenly gift and were made what, please? Partakers of the Holy Ghost. Look at it. And having what? Tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away, if they shall fall away, but they can't fall away because verse four says it's impossible. You've already become a partaker. You know what that means? You've already reached up and you've taken part. You have tasted the good word of God. You've been enlightened by the Holy Ghost of God. So this world that you and I live in, myself included, of this circular, I, well, at least I'm saved, and, and why do I even need to try anymore? Well, praise God, at the least I'm going to heaven. And how many times do people live a circular life of repenting from dead works and going, well, you know, maybe I just need to go back and maybe I need to do this again. Let me tell you something. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to be saved. God didn't give you the 
Holy Ghost just to be sealed. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to be a nagging reminder. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to spend this time going in circular motion waiting to die. And I'm dizzy. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost for that. But boy, how many believers are like a doormat for the world, the flesh, and the devil because they're like, well, you know, I'm just a poor Christian and I can't win victory over my tongue and I can't win victory over my lust and I just can't win victory over the things going on. You listen to this. There is a verse that tells us that the Holy Ghost of God is not giving you for you to go in a circular motion and to be saved and sealed and redeemed and just bugged about, you know, you're not that good of a Christian and bugged about, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. The Holy Spirit is not there to nag you. The Holy Spirit is not there to convict you to where you just feel bad. The Holy Spirit of God has been given you, not as the third person of the Godhead, but as God. Not for you to live this circular life of failure and repentance, feeling bad and getting up and I'm going to try it again. Go to 1 John chapter 4. In verse number four. 1 John chapter four and verse four. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I truly believe that if you could unlock to the Holy Spirit of God, then you and I, yes, we will live this time. But at some point, don't you get tired of this, of this circular motion in life? Man, aren't you tired of like, how come I can't seem to get past zero? How come I can't seem, I take two steps forward, take five steps back? Look, 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 1 John 4, 4. Are you there? Ye are of God, little children, and have what? Overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the, can we read that together out loud? First John 4, 4. Would you read it please? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in, do you have any idea that living on the inside of you is God? And that overcoming, is right there at your fingertips. For any child of God to say, well, I just can't help myself, that's a lie. Either you're lost and you need to get saved or we have not broken through to understand that the Holy Spirit of God is not given us to go in a circle. The Holy Spirit of God has given us to overcome. You see this at every birthday party. You see this verse in action. A balloon that is blown up is overcoming this atmospheric pressure. You see, you can't see the pressure, but boy, it's there. But it's not until you take a balloon and you're, and that balloon starts doing this, guess what's happening? Inside that balloon, the pressure on the inside is pushing back against the atmospheric pressure. Do you see it pushing back the pressure 
or do you see the result in the balloon? And I am telling you and I'm telling myself that you can overcome. And that what will be seen is not the darkness fleeing, it's a Christian overcoming. It's a Christian being more light. It's a Christian being more salt. It's a Christian being this. And I'm telling you that for Emmanuel Baptist Church to be what we need to be in this community, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot any longer just go in this, well, at least I'm saved. It was a glorious day I got saved and I'm just waiting till the redemption of my soul and I'm just so sorry that my baggage from how long ago I got saved. It's not my fault I was reared in that kind of home and it wasn't my fault that I had that kind of mom and dad and poor me, I was, went to that abusive church and poor me, I, I now have to roll over and play dead. Ah, not on your life. You've got the Holy Ghost of God living on the inside of you and it's about time. We stood up and said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am so tired of thumb-sucking Christians that simply roll over and say, well, you know, I would be more if it wasn't for get off your mom and dad's lineage, get off where you went to church at, get off all those people that disappointed you. You've got God living on the inside and that God living on the inside is much greater. 1 John 4, 4, he used this phrase, and ye have overcome who? Are you still there? Look at 1 John 4, 4. And ye have overcome who? Interesting. I'll have you say it again until I get there. And ye have overcome who? Okay, now I'm there. Look at verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of what, please? Antichrist. I found that very interesting. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, even now already is it in the what? World. But ye are of, do you know that there is coming the Antichrist? And right now the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, well, that's not Christian? How many have been there? That's not Christian. And then how many people have picked that up as a crutch? Well, they weren't Christian, and so I have a reason to walk with a crutch through life. Well, you know what the book says? Doesn't matter what spirit of antichrist exists and whatever level exists, guess what? You long, if you're a child of God, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. And there are a lot of people listening to my voice right now that need to put the pacifier away, take off the burping bib, get out of the crib, take the diaper, send them back to Sam's or give them to somebody who needs them and bless God, let's start winning this victory instead of just walking in this circle going, well, woe is me. I guess I'll just be a bridge. A bridge to what? More victimization? Oh no, oh no, oh no. I have never been a guy that looks at the glass half full. I may sometimes wonder if it's half empty. I mean, half empty. I, I, Brother Josh, you and I are not a good night for us. Please bow your head. <laughs> and uh, I've done that so many times. And so, but understand that, that, that I truly am a guy that I, I like to be on top side. And I'm not going to let things in my life cause me to roll over and play dead. Ain't going to happen. But only to the degree that I understand 
I have the Holy Ghost on the inside. I should be winning victory over my mouth. I should be winning victory over my lust. I should be winning victory over my bad attitude. I should be winning victory over my inability to get along with others. I should be winning victory over my bitterness. I should be winning victory over my battle with what is and what should not be. Because I've got God living on the inside. Let me give you several things I think that will help all of us tonight. First of all, declare yourself alive. Declare yourself alive. How are you going to get to the point? How are you going to get love that baby? Yeah, I, I, I'll hold that baby while I preach. Jacob's like, take that baby and uh, declare yourself alive. Go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Please, I think we're living life as if we are just, just headed for eternity, and God bless us. It's not my fault. Somebody handed me this, this luggage and this baggage. Look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. I like this. Likewise. Are you there? Likewise. Here we go again. Therefores and likewises. Look back up at verse 6, knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died into sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth under God. You know what it said? He's dead. Now he's alive. Y'all, I get, I get chuckled out of this. It's like, yeah, he's dead. Now he's alive. But he was dead. But now he's alive. I thought you said he was dead. No, he's alive. Do you know what this means? This means likewise. Reckon ye also yourselves to be what, please? Dead. Indeed unto sin, but what? Alive. Grammatically, it goes like this. Reckon yourselves dead dead and reckon yourselves alive that means you wake up every morning you go hey you're dead and then you step over here and you go hey you're alive stop just being at the mercy of whatever happens in this world wake up every day and tell you no no you're dead you're dead Go back to Calvary. Look at Calvary. Look at the day you got saved. He forgave you of all your sins. Those very sins that you could get into. He paid for. You're dead. I'm not going to live this life. It's about time we started standing up. My, I'm preaching to myself right now. It's about time we started standing up every day saying, look at me. You're dead to those sins. You're dead to that lust. You're dead to that. And bless God, you're alive. You're a child of God. And let the Spirit of God bear witness. Let the Spirit of God remind you. Let the Spirit of God do this in you. Because we've got to live. I'm alive. Now, I know some of you are not mourning people. Every house needs a representative of heaven. And that representative are the mourning people. God gives to some of us select few. We are the elect. We are God's angels in disguise. How many of you are that mourning person in your house? Yes. How many of you are not that mourning person in your house? I know we're outnumbered. I understand that. But please go forward. Annabeth, just go forward in God's grace. And is Annabeth the one that's, no? Oh, she's the morning glory? Oh, yeah. Every, we, we are sent 
to be the persecution for all saved people that are not going to go to hell, but you have to experience some pain in this life. Reckon. It's about time we stood up and declared ourselves. Use your free will to declare yourself alive. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that victim. And anytime somebody tries to bring up those old sins, don't, don't go down in there and go, oh, that's right. That's right. I know. No, no, no. I'm alive. You understand? Yeah, I'm alive. And I'm not letting that antichrist spirit come into my life. I'm alive. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. Are you there? Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. For if ye live. You know what? Go back to Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. I didn't finish the verse. My notes just told me, you can't go on, Bob, till you finish the verse. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore, what please, reign. Listen to this. If you wake up and there's a season, I'm just going to use a topic, if there's a season of music, that now you put one day and two days and three days together and you realize it now has sat on the throne of my mind, then that's when you throw it off the throne. Throw it off the throne. If all of a sudden you men have been on your phones, you've been someplace you shouldn't have been, and it's turned into one day and two days and three days, and you realize it, declare yourself alive and go back and throw it off the throne. You say, but pastor, am I always going to live this cycle? As long as you're in this flesh, you're going to live this cycle, but get used to saying, that's not me. That's not me. That's the old me. That's not the new me. That's the old man. And start reckoning yourself. Reckon it. And then all of a sudden, if you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 13, says this, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall what? Die. Not talking about hell. It's talking about a hellish life. <laughs> but if ye, uh-oh, look at the three words. If ye what? Through the, through the what? Through the spirit. Do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall what? If you ever walk into your life and all of a sudden there is sitting on that throne a dead man and you have found yourself in in a season of bad words, in a season of bad thoughts. I, I know it's getting quiet right now, but all of us have been there, have we not? Your pastor included. And all of a sudden, like, whoa, time out. Are you serious? It's been a week? No. No, that's when you stand back up and go, no, no, I'm a child of God. Reckon, good old southern term. Declare, I'm a, I'm a child of God. No, I'm not doing this. Kick that thing off the throne. And then all of a sudden, you through the spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. <laughs> 
Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look at verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may able to what, please? Stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we really need to see this. Please don't trust me on it. Look at the word. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of, the, uh, of God that ye may be able to what, please? Withstand in the evil day, and having done all to what? Stand. Verse 14, what's the first word? Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, whereby ye may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil, and take the helmet of salvation, and the what, please? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Oh, listen to this. When you and I come right down to it. Dave, I'm going to use that. Be okay. Come on up here. When it comes right down to it, watch this. I've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. I don't have to walk in circles. I don't have to keep doing this. I have the power to walk into whatever is sitting on the throne of my life right now and declare myself, I'm alive. You get off that throne. I'm not doing this. But where does that power come from? It's through the Spirit. You and I are, if we weren't smart enough to keep it out of our life the first time, what makes us think we're smart enough to keep it out of our life the second time? If, 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 if we didn't see it the first time, what makes us think we're going to see it the second time? And are we, do we all not realize that if we're focused on that door, isn't it amazing that it always sneaks through the side door? Right? And then you're like, okay, I got my eye on both doors. And then it sneaks in the door behind you. And you're like, oh, I don't need it. It comes from everywhere. That's why you have to give. Watch this. Every time I open the word, I am giving giving the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me a sword. And here's how I used to think about it, to fight them. Take that sword, Bible, and use that word as a sword. You see that? You see, stand up, Ben, stand up. There, there, there it is. That, that, get them, get them, mortify the deeds of the flesh. And that's how I used to think about it. And, 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 and you know what? There for a long time, I used to think, well, my failure is because the Spirit just wasn't doing His work. How blasphemous is that? But do you know what the Word of God says in Hebrews 4.12? For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to Da, 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 into the thoughts and intents of, I don't want to shame you people into not knowing the word, into the thoughts and what? Intents of the heart. When I read the word, I give him the sword not to use on that, but to use on me. Take that sword and just start cutting. And enjoy yourself because you're not getting more just, just start, there you go. And guess what? All of a sudden, it starts cutting away from me my desire for that. 
the joints and what please? Moral. It cuts away the nutritions that now I need that to feed my success. And now what I find myself doing, I find myself on the ground going, God, don't stop. (laughs) Not now, man. (laughs) Thank you. I really need you. I need you. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why sometimes we're more interested in how much word we read rather than how much word abides in us. If he abide in me and my word abide in you, then all of a sudden, God starts working on you. And when that desire for whatever has reigned in your life is gone, it's not because you took it away. It's because the Holy Spirit cut it out of your DNA. His word. Thank you, have a seat. Why? Why? If you would, take your Bibles and the last verse I want to show you, take your Bibles, if you will, and go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about gifts and the diversity of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Musicians, if you'll come, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Wherefore I give you, verse 3, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. What it means is, is that God has fitly put you in a church to be part of the administration and the operations. No member is without their natural fit in the church they attend. The biggest fallacy is that church is too big. I, there is no place for me. That's not true. I, as pastor, cannot build a box that reflects what I think the church should be. The Lord sent us the members. I'm looking at the members. He has sent us the members of what the church needs to be. That's why I love when people are like, well, let's get in here and show you how to grow a church and build a church. And I'm like, how narcissistic is that? This is his church. And unless you can go through every member in the church that we attend, you can't tell us how to build this church. The Lord, I'm telling you, every member here, even those basketball tryouts yesterday, of course, I I was not here, but even those tryouts yesterday, I'm, I'm looking at the people that are involved. We have choir gonna kick up this coming Sunday. Practice Wednesday night, you'll receive all who are involved in the choirs, the children's clubs that are kicking up. Do you realize that God has sent the right people with the right gifts to make that possible? That's how a church grows. 
You see, you and I are to let the Spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh. And look what it says in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to, what's the last two words, please? Profit with all. Do you know why you have the Holy Spirit? It's not to look good to do nothing. You have the Holy Spirit to manifest your gift. That's why I appreciate Brother Glosser. You know, it it is it's just been in my heart. I mean, Brother Doster, how many times we talked about are you and getting it going, right? It just seems like okay. So we I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And I was praying the other day, God, you gotta bring us somebody that we can put together a team. Listen to this. It is no accident you are a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I think discouragement comes when all of a sudden we are failing spiritually, but that's not the biggest failure. The biggest failure is when you're not having a profit spiritually. It is not that you fail spiritually, it's that you don't have a profit spiritually. We're, we're in the midst of opening up. I think all of us would agree, and I say this once, I'll say it one last time for today. <laughs> I think all of us would agree that this hiatus, this time out, has put all of us back on our heels like a boxer getting hit on the chin, and we're like, okay, hold it, time out, what is going on? And right now, inside of every member, and I mean this, is bubbling the Spirit of God that says, I made you. I made you to bring a profit. You were made to do something. And God has given you a gift. God has given you a gift of operation. God has given you a gift of administration. And I think a pastor's job is not to place people to build my kingdom, but to place people where he says you should be. Brother Hampton, I don't know if you remember when you said, you know what I love to do? I love to put together scriptures. And I'm like, oh, well, we got a cutter, we got staplers, and, and then Brother Bert shows up last week, and he goes, hey, I got all these John and Romans I need to put together. And it's like, well, you need to see Brother Hampton, and then we'll get a night together where we just put it all together. Miss Zoe, graduation, God's given you a gift of making us look good. And it was like, am I right, Brother Moore? We were sitting there going, we need somebody. There's a gift. Yo, I'm telling you that sitting in this auditorium is the next thing we need to do. But not according to what I think we need to do, but according to what God has sent our way. Now, that gets scary because all I do is play traffic cops in the middle of this thing. Okay, okay. What do you like to do? Okay. All right, we got to go that way. And what do you like to do? Okay, we got to go that way. And uh, what, what's, what's, okay, what do you do next? And I am amazed. I am so amazed that how in prayer, God goes, I, I think we need to do this. And I was like, yeah, right. We don't even have anybody that knows how to do that. Then all of a sudden, somebody's like, I can do that. It's like, wow, that's scary. But you won't know how to profit with the Spirit until you use the Spirit 
and give the Spirit the Word of God to start defeating the flesh. Defeat the flesh through the Spirit, with the Word, and let's see what happens. Brother Collins, you know, meeting with you and your dear wife and your children, Brother Collins is sitting there very modest about his passion, and his girls are like, Don't, I'll tell you what he loves to do. He loves to put on vacation Bible schools. And I was like, oh, well, we kind of need to put one on in fall Bible school because it's not vacation. And do you know all of a sudden it was like, okay, what do you need from me? And, and I am amazed at how God does this. You say, Pastor, do you know what you're saying? Absolutely I do. Because you are his children. This is his house. And God's put in you a gift. And it's time to start profiting with that. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to take this time.